Thanks for listening to this week's message. If you're blessed by this podcast, please subscribe. Once you do, you'll be able to stay up to date with all our latest messages. In this week's message, we're joined by our good friend Don Perkins. We'll be discovering the blessings of the end-time prophetic word. Is Bible prophecy truly all doom and gloom? Let's find out. Now, I have a message here. It's a long title, but uh, this message is designed tonight to encourage you. With all of the, the negatives and all of the, the, uh, the, 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 the bad things we hear about prophecy, uh, people say Bible prophecy is just so negative, negative, negative. Well, it is not negative, negative, negative. So uh, I want to deal with discovering the blessings of the end time prophetic word. So I want you to bow your hearts as we ask the Lord to bless his word. Father, we love you. What a privilege, what an honor it is to stand before you first and foremost. And also, Lord, as we stand tonight before your people, Lord, I ask tonight by your Holy Spirit, I ask that you breathe afresh on the word of God. Lord, allow this word to come alive. Allow it to challenge our hearts. Allow it to encourage us, dear God, to trust you with the future. Now, Lord, we bind every scheme, every strategy of the enemy that will come against the word. And Father, we thank you that you so beautifully placed the end of the story in the word of God. Help us as your sons and daughters. And we love you now in Jesus' name. Amen. Isn't God good, saints? He's a risen Savior, and, and I love him. And again, this is our Bible prophecy chart, and I, and I love this chart so much because it, I always call it it's a road map to the end times. Uh, it's like a map. You pull out a map to get directions. This is a road map to the future. And see, we're going to see again tonight that our future is blessed. We have a blessed eternity. But a lot of people don't spend time with it, and we're going to deal with that tonight. So we're going to see some amazing things. I want to start off here in the book of Romans, chapter 8, verse 18. The Apostle Paul said this, For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared to the glory that shall be revealed. He said the suffering, no matter what we're going through on this side, is not even worthy to be compared to the glory that's going to be revealed in us. And you know, our future with God is going to be so beautiful. It's going to be so awesome and, and just wonderful. This is the future that God has for us. Now, I'm a topical teacher. I'm going to give you three topics we're going to look at tonight real, real quick, real quick topics. Uh, now, this first topic may be a little unusual. Why don't we attend Bible prophecy meetings or enjoy the message? Now, the reason why I gave this title is because I'm dealing with the blessings of, of the future. But a lot of people have a lot of questions and all kind of thoughts in their head why they don't go to Bible prophecy conference. You know, you've invited people to come to prophecy conference. No, I'm not going there. It's all doom and gloom. Well, I'm going to give you some of the reasons why they ask. Then we're going to look at the benefits of knowing the end time. I'm just going to hit a few things there, but I'm going to give you some of the benefits of knowing end time Bible prophecy. Now, I know I'm talking and singing to the choir because you come on a prophecy night. But again, I just want to encourage you tonight to understand that this message is so vital. And then we're going to close up with a quick look at our blessed future. All right. So let's start off. I want to quote, quote here from Dr. Ron Rose in his book, Bible Prophecy Answer Book. Listen to what he said. He said, the study of prophecy can change your life. It has mine. In fact, my exposure to biblical prophecy was a strong contributing factor to my becoming a Christian back in the 1970s. Uh, fulfilled prophecy demonstrated the following. So he said he became a Christian as a result of Bible prophecy, learning about this message. So he said this, Bible prophecy lets us know that God knows 
the future. This is saying it doesn't matter what is going on with ISIS. It doesn't matter what bomb explodes in Israel. Listen, God knows the future. Look at this. The Bible really is the word of God. Bible prophecy proves beyond a shadow of a doubt that we can trust the word of God. It's alive. The Bible is real. Listen to this. God is sovereign. In, he's in sovereign control of all that occurs in the world today. Everything is under his control. No matter what's going on, God sees all things work together for his good. You know, I mentioned before here that uh, I don't go to bed worried about a nuclear bomb exploding or I don't worry about it. I, I sleep very good every night because I understand that God is sovereign and he's in control. Look at this one. God has a plan for humanity and a plan for you. Every one of us, God has a plan for you. If you're simply asking God, what have you called me to do? God, what's my purpose? Uh, you saved me. So God, what's my purpose? God has a plan, a future plan for you. Look at this next one. God will one day providentially cause good to triumph over evil. You know, a lot of people think that that evil is going to continue like it is. A lot of people have no hope because they think that evil is in full control. Don't believe the lie of the devil. Bible prophecy has a wonderful future that God reveals in his word. Look at this next one. A new world is coming. A new earth and new heavens and a new resurrection body. How many want a new resurrection body? Oh, my God. I'm tired of this body. I want a brand new resurrected body. Got the nice the lubricants. I mean, your, your body, you know, oh, I, I just, I'm, I'm waiting for my new body. I'm ready. Look at this one. The Lord is coming soon. Saints, don't forget it. We forget that the Lord is coming soon. We get wrapped up in all of the things that are going on in the world, all the negatives, and it discourages us. It, 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 it drains your hope. Listen, listen, trust God. He's sovereign. The Lord is coming. Things are going to change. It's coming. Everything God is doing and orchestrating in Bible prophecy is designed to accomplish a specific outcome in his overall plan and program. Bible prophecy is God's blueprint for the future. Therefore, we need to determine from the scriptures what is his intent, his intended purpose uh, is for the prophetic events. A very familiar passage. I know you've heard it before. Amos 3, 7. The scripture says here that surely the Lord God would do nothing, but he revealed his secrets unto the prophets. Everything that's happening, saints, God has already revealed in the scriptures. All we must do is become students of the word. And as we seek things out, we will learn God's prophetic future. And what it will do for you, it will give you hope in a dark world. It will give you peace of mind during these times. Look at this. First Peter chapter four, verse 13. Peter said, but rejoice in as much as you are partakers of his suffering that when his glory shall be revealed. You, ye may be glad with exceeding joy. Here, Peter said, rejoice, Christian. Although you may go through some of the sufferings uh, in this world, uh, same sufferings as Christ. He said, listen, when Christ's glory shall be revealed, you will be glad. That's coming to these saints. We're going to have nothing but happy going on. Listen to me. Nothing but happy. No sad days. No sorrowful days. Listen. This is the future of the redeemed. Now, why don't we attend Bible prophecy meetings 
or enjoy the message. And again, I'm just going to give you some examples as we go forward here. But I want to share something here. Uh, because so many, uh, so many believe Bible prophecy only focus on the negative aspect of the last days, their, <clears throat> their contrary views hinder them from seeing the many blessings of Bible prophecy or the end time message. As a result, most Christians never study the book of Revelation, read books about Bible prophecy, or attend Bible prophecy conferences. Consequently, this vital teaching gets relegated to an irrelevant topic of lesser importance. We put it on the back shelf. Oh, that's just Bible prophecy. It's Revelation. We just—it's one of those books we, we, can, we can we can put on the back. The wonderful promise of the blessings received from the discipline of studying Bible prophecy are never enjoyed. Instead of understanding Bible prophecy as a glorious study that reveals our victorious conclusion, it is generally viewed as one of taboo. And this is really true. Uh, if you don't believe me, ask your family members. Try to talk to them about the entire, oh, no, 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 I don't want to hear that. Uh-uh, no, no, shh. Don't say nothing. I don't want to hear it. A lot of people are afraid of the end time message because all they have heard has been the negative. And, and I would agree there is some negative meaning judgment. But you know, saints, none of those negatives are for you as a born again believer. The negatives are for the rebels, those who choose to disobey God, those who choose to not want to serve him. For them, yeah, there are some judgments coming that are very negative. Uh, Eric Barger from Take a Stand Ministry said this, and I really like this. He said, prophecy uh, fills the Bible. End time prophecy touches every person alive today. Jesus taught on it. So did John, Peter, uh, Paul, James, and Jude. Yet only a small percentage of churches teach this critical part of God's message uh, to our generation. Some pastors don't teach on it for theological reasons. Some don't believe it. Some don't think it applies to us. Some consider it sim uh, symbolic or whatever. Others believe we are probably living near the end of the age, but still refuse to touch the topic. They see it, listen at this, they see it as an elective part of God's curriculum. Take it or leave it. I want to say to you tonight, you cannot take the end time message as, a, as an elective. It's part of the canon of scriptures. It's part of the 66 books. As a matter of fact, 33% of your Bible deals with Bible prophecy. And uh, the last book that God chose to close the book was a, is a book of Bible prophecy. So in light of that, I want to give you a few reasons why people don't, people don't like to go to prophecy conferences or they don't like to hear the message. So I brought my little friend here to help us out. And uh, reason number one. The book of Revelation is scary and depressing. I'd rather hear about the good things in the Bible. You know something? How many would agree tonight that God wrote all of the scripture? There's no part of the Bible that's negative or bad in a sense. You know what I mean? Uh, sure, there are some judgments there uh, that are scary for rebels. But you got to understand, when you come to Christ, those judgments are not for you. A lot of people say, I'm scared of this book. It's depressing. No, it is not a, this is not a depressing book at all. We're going to see as we go forward. Give you another reason. Reason number two, if I read the book of Revelation, I'm afraid I will lose my mind. 
Now, you know, I've taught him many times, and this is my story. This is my testimony. And again, I said before, as I travel across the country and, and international, I asked the question, have you ever heard that if you study the book of Revelation, you lose your mind, hand goes, hands go, goes up all over the churches? People have literally been taught in church that if you study Revelation, you would lose your mind. And my testimony is when I got saved, I got saved. Uh, I was born again. I would read the word, but I never would go to Revelation ever because I didn't want to lose my mind. And God showed me that this book will not cause you to lose your mind. As a matter of fact, you put on the mind of Christ, which is, which is a beautiful thing. Uh, it didn't mess me up. As a matter of fact, it, it straightened me out. It helped me walk on the straight and narrow. Here's number three. Listen to this. The book of Revelation is too scary for my children. I don't want them to be upset. I cannot tell you how many meetings I've been in where parents have told me, well, you know, I don't bring my kids to this conference. I see a few kids here, and I want to honor these parents who brought your babies to this night. I want to say to you, parents, bring your babies to the prophecy night. Bring your babies to hear the word. You'll be surprised how that word gets into those little hearts. You'll also be surprised how many children have questions about the future. My granddaughter, she's uh, seven years old. She was riding with me uh, yesterday. She said, Papa, you know something? She said, I have one of my friends for the past two weeks, she told me, I have been ministering to him about the rapture. <laughs> seven years old. I said, well, sweetheart, what have you been telling him? She said, I told him how we're going to be caught up and how we're going to go to heaven. She said, Papa, he loves it. He loves for me to talk to him about the rapture. Seven-year-old minister. <laughs> Let me tell you some parents. Let me tell you some parents. Your babies need to be in these type meetings. I'm going to give one more testimony. I'm watching my time, too. I had a, uh, my brother, I have an identical twin, Ronald. And uh, I travel and teach all over. So uh, my brother went into this grocery, I think it was Vaughn's, had a young lady working in Vaughn's. Well, I said young, she's a, an adult now working in Vaughn's. And she kept seeing my brother come to the store, and she thought he was me. So she got the nerves up. She said, uh, are you the prophecy preacher? And my brother said, no, no, that's my brother. She said, well, I want you to tell your brother this. She said, my mother used to bring me, drag me, to those prophecy meetings that our church was hosting. And your, your brother was preaching those prophecy meetings. She said, I want you to know, she said, there was times those meetings, uh, uh, they, they scared me, but I listened. She said, and, and I, I learned things. She said, she said, today I am so grateful for my mother taking me to hear those messages. She said, those messages never, never left me. It affected her life. It affected her walk today. Now, she's an adult. Now, she said, now I'm taking my kids. Let me tell you something, saints. Uh, Bible prophecy, the book of Revelation is not too scary. As a matter of fact, some parents that say Revelation is so scared for your children. Well, why do parents do this? Why do you allow your babies to read Harry Potter? Look at this. This is an article, article that just came out. Harry Potter books removed from school library because they contain real curses and spells. Listen at this. A Roman Catholic school in Tennessee has banished J.K. Rowling's universally popular series, Harry Potter, 
novels uh, from its library shelves after the pastor took exception to the portrayal of magic, warning the spells and curses the author described are real and risk, listen at this, conjuring evil spirits when read. The Reverend Dan Rehill explained his decision in an email to parents of students at Edward Catholic School in Nashville. I'm gonna continue reading. These books present magic as both good and evil, which is not true, but in fact a clever deception. The curses and spells used in the books are actual curses and spells which when read by a human being risk conjuring evil spirits into the presence of the person reading the text. First problem I have, how do you have Harry Potter books in a so-called Christian library? That shouldn't even be a part of the, 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 the library uh, uh, books, but it's in this Catholic library, and, and a lot of parents don't realize that there are real spells in the book. Listen, they let them read Harry Potter, all the demons, the ghouls, the goblins, the witches, the, all this stuff, but when it comes to the book of Revelation, that book is too scary for my book. Something wrong, something's wrong in the church. Listen, look what the scripture says here in Psalm 78, regarding our children and the word. The psalmist wrote, he said, we will not hide them from their children. In other words, we're not going to hide the word, the testimony of God. We're not going to hide it from our children. So uh, uh, showing to the generations to come the, uh, the, praise, the praises of our God. Let me get a little water. Them Santa Ana's been drying things out, boy. Showing, uh, showing to the generations to come the praises of the Lord and his strength. Listen to this and his wonderful works that he have done. For he established, listen to this, for he established a testimony in Jacob and, in, uh, and appointed a law in Israel, which he command our fathers that they should make them known to their children. Listen, saints, we ought to make the word of God known to our children. We ought to expose our babies to the word of God. Don't hide it from them. Uh, don't go to a prophecy meeting and don't take that word home to your children. Uh, a lot of parents love Bible prophecy, but they never talk to their kids about it. Never talk to them about the word, period. Look at this one, Psalm 76, that the generations to come might know them. See, we teach our children so the generations beyond them would know. Even the children's children which should be born. Who should, who should arise and declare them to their children that they might set their hope in God and forget not the works of God, but to keep his commandments. See, we teach our children the word of God. We give them the whole counsel of God. There's no part of the Bible that you should not expose your children to. No part of it. God has given us a word for our children. God says we don't, the scripture says we don't hide it from our children. We give it to them. We declare it to them. And then they're going to declare it to their generation. And then their generation, for what purpose? That they might set their hope in God. You know, Bible prophecy gives you hope in God. The only reason why your kids don't have hope, you haven't taught it to them. Hear me, parents. Your babies are the future generations to keep this thing going. And God warns against that. Deuteronomy said, the secret things belong, Deuteronomy 29, 29. It says, the secret things belong unto the Lord our God. 
But those things which are revealed belong unto us. And to who else? And to our children forever that they may do all the words of the Lord. The secret things, the mysteries, Bible prophecy. God revealed those things to us so we can reveal them to our children that they may have a future in God's word. Just some of the reasons why we don't. Here's another one. Reason number four, I don't worry about the end times because I'm already saved. I'm already saved. I don't need to hear Bible prophecy. I'm I'm already saved. Well, I know you're saved. Uh, Were you raptured after you got saved? Nope. That tells me that God saved you to serve. God, yeah, you're saved. Why don't you let God use you to get somebody else saved? Especially since you understand the end time message. Especially since you know that we're living in the last days. You know why I have such an urgency on my heart for the harvest? Because I understand the end of the story. I have a heart for the lost because I understand the end of the story. Yeah, I'm saved. I know Bible prophecy. Yeah, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna use it. I'm looking. I'm in. I'm seeing the signs in the time, the signs of the times. I'm seeing the indicators, and I'm saying, you know, Lord, you had had to come. Lord, who can, I, who, can I go, who can I go after to get saved, Lord? I'm looking for people to come to Christ. Reason number five. Look at this one. I've heard it all my life. So I've heard it all my life. So I, I, I know it, and I don't need to hear it again. You ever heard that before? I've heard Bible prophecy. I've heard, oh, I heard the message about the rapture. I heard it again. I want to say to you, see this prophecy tonight? You don't realize how blessed you are to have a pastor that would allow uh, uh, one night a week to have Bible prophecy. Listen, you're hearing it over and over and over again, and you don't realize it's getting rooted and grounded in your spirit. Uh, as you out there ministering the Word of God, the Holy Spirit, He's going to bring up things that you've learned in these uh, Sunday evening prophecy meetings. The Holy Spirit is going to bring back to your remember scripture. Hold on, I'm sorry. He's going to bring back to your remember scriptures, things that you've heard. But here he said, I don't need to hear it again. You ever, you ever been there before? Well, i got a scripture for you. I like this verse. Look at this, 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 12 and 13. Peter wrote this. He said, wherefore, if, he said, wherefore, I, uh, wherefore I will not neglect to put you always in remembrance of these things. Tonight, saints, even some things you may have heard me say before, I'm not going to neglect to let you hear it again. Listen to what he says. Uh, he says, neglect to put you always in remembrance of these things, though ye know it. Peter said, I know you know the end time, but I'm going I'm to give it to you again. I'm going to give it to you again and again and again. You know what I'm doing? It's going to get rooted in your heart and spirit. It's going to get rooted in your, never get tired of the word. Never get so smart that you, oh, I know that. I, I don't need to hear that anymore. That's the elementary stuff of prophecy. Don't ever, don't ever get that way. Always be, be a teachable son or daughter of God. I've been teaching now. We just, uh, July, made 38 years of teaching and studying Bible prophecy. And guess what, saints? I'm still a student. I'm still learning. I, I, was, I was listening the other day. I said, wow, I, Lord, I never saw that. Another preacher, another preacher was talking. I said, Lord, that's a revelation. I grabbed it and wrote it down. I'm going to use it later on. 
Let me tell you something, saints. Never, never get too smart for the word or never get to a point where you know it all because God will do a twist and show you something you never saw before. Peter said, yeah, I think you'd meet as long as I'm in this tabernacle to stir you up by putting you in remembrance. I'm called to teach Bible prophecy. Whenever your pastor bring me here, I'm going to stir you up on Bible prophecy. That's what I'm going to give you. I can teach other things. I do teach other things. But I'm called to teach prophecy to the body. Look at this next one here. Peter, again, is 2 Peter 3, 1 and 2. He said, this second epistle, beloved, I now write unto you, in both which I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance, that ye might be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandments of, of, our, of the apostle and our Lord and Savior. I want you to be mindful of the prophecies of the word that you're getting here. You're never getting too much of it. Your spirit can handle it, believe me. And I tell you this, the more you hear it over and over. The Bible says, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word. Hearing and hearing. You know, uh, uh, the way the Lord taught me Bible prophecy, I kept hearing it. I kept going to prophecy meetings. I kept, I kept going. And you know what I found out? As I, as I listened and heard the word, each time I heard the word, the picture got clearer and clearer. The prophecies begin to get clearer and clearer, and I begin to see God's panoramic view of the end times. So keep listening. Now, here's the last one, last reason why. They have been talking about the end times for, uh, for they've been talking about it for years, and it, ha and it hasn't happened yet. Have you heard that before? It's, I, I'd heard this stuff so long, man, I'm just, I'm just tired. You, you prophecy guys get us all excited and we think Jesus coming next week and he could be coming next week, but I'm never going to date set. But let me tell you, you got to hear this Claren message. This message will keep you on the straight and narrow. So this guy said here, you know, y'all have been talking about this for so long. I I'm done. But look what Peter said here, 2 Peter 3, 3 through 5. Knowing this, that there shall come in the last days scoffers, walking after their own lusts, and saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers have fallen asleep, all things continued as they were from the beginning of creation. For this, Paul, Peter said, they willingly are ignorant. These people are ignorant willingly. In other words, they don't want to hear the truth. I've heard it all my life. You know, I've, it haven't happened yet. No, they willing, Paul Peter said they are willingly ignorant. They're willingly ignoring the truth that is out there. And they become scoffers. Don't become a scoffer, please, my friend. My sister, don't become a scoffer. Now, we're moving forward. I'm watching my time. Now, the benefits, the benefits of knowing the end time. Now, I'm just going to hit a little thing here, just a few little things here, the benefits. God has included us in understanding the end time message which is such an advantage to our lives as Christians. The Lord has given us access to his future plans and revealed to us coming prophetic events. Having this knowledge allows us the opportunity to prepare for what is coming. With, with uh, this prophetic insight, we can be effective watchmen on the wall to warn a dying world that, uh, that is lost without Christ. Listen, saints, we have an advantage. God has given us the future in advance. 
So since we are watchmen on the wall, we are discerning the time, we are seeing what's happening, it gives us an insight where we know that the times are, are close. So therefore, it puts an urgency in our hearts to reach the lost. Listen, you got family members that are not saved. You know the end times. Let that, let that motivate you to, to reach your loved ones that are not saved. Let that word uh, allow God's word to touch your heart. Dr. Dave Reagan in his book, uh, God's Plan for the Ages, says this. Although prophecy constitutes almost one third of the Bible, its importance is constantly downplayed by those who dismiss it as having no practical significance uh, or by those who object to it on the grounds that it is a fad that takes people's eyes off Jesus. He said, is prophecy practical? Consider that all the New Testament writers testify to the fact that the study of prophecy will motivate holy living. What could be more practical than that? See, these are, these are benefits because we understand it puts us in a different perspective about the end time. We know the word of God. And I'm going to tell you something, saints. God going to hold every one of us accountable. Give you a few verses here, and then we're going to move, uh, look at a quick look at the, at the blessings. Colossians, Paul said, Colossians 1.26. Paul said, wherefore I am made a minister according to the dispensation of God, which is given to me for you to fulfill the word of God. Listen at this. Even the mysteries which had been hid from ages and from generations but now are made manifest to the saints. You know, saints, a benefit is that God has given us uh, insight to the mysteries of the last days. The Bible said these mysteries, they were hid, but now they have been revealed to the saints. Listen, we, God has showed us things that just, just mind-boggling if we spend time in the Word to see. It is amazing what Father God has given to us and revealed to us. Look at this one. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 1 through 6, Paul wrote, But of the times and seasons, brethren, ye have no need that I write unto you. For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. For when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction come upon them, come upon them uh, as travail upon a woman with child. And they shall not say, Paul said this, brethren, he said, you know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. He said, the times and the seasons, I don't need to tell you about them. You know them. See, the times and seasons that God has revealed to us, that's benefit. We know what's going on. Let me ask you this question. How many here have ministered to your loved ones dealing with current events? Anybody here? Have you ever, have you ever talked to your loved one about the end times? If you haven't, I would encourage you to do that. That is one effective way to reach them because they're watching the news just like you and they're freaking out. What's going on? See, you ought to strike up a conversation. Have you been watching the news lately? Yeah, yeah. Uh, do you know it's in the Bible? What? It's in the scriptures. Let me show you and begin to show them scripturally where we are in the end times. You're talking about an effective way to reach a loved one? Man, you can reach them quickly. That's benefits. We have benefits as the redeemed. Now, because of time... I'm going to move on to the last section. And this last section is a quick look, a quick look 
at the blessed future. Now, our blessed future is so blessed. And I'm just going to touch some things. Some of them you know already, but I'm going to touch them. I'm going to show you some unusual things that are prophecy. But these are blessings of the Lord uh, that we're going to see. So the first one, uh, I love this one because this was the one that scared me. If you read the book of Revelation, you're going to lose your mind. We know this passage, Revelation 1, verse 3. Blessed is he that readeth, and they that hear the words of this prophecy, and keep those things which are written therein, for the time is at hand. Let me ask this question. How many want to be blessed tonight? Should be every hand in the, in the church. Well, one quick way to get blessed, read the book of Revelation. If you don't have time to read it, buy a CD. Put it in your car while you're driving. If you don't, I mean, uh, put, it on a, put it on a digital MP3, uh, uh, I mean, some digital advice, and put it in your car. And just listen to the book of Revelation. Driving, listening. Coming to a traffic light. And John, write, da-da-da-da-da. <laughs> While you're listening to, to the scriptures where Jesus told John to write, guess what, saints? You're getting blessed. Yeah, just, just reading the book, just hearing the book, and keeping the things that are written. We're blessed. Here's another blessing. This is one of those blessings I love here. We're blessed to see the dead loved ones alive forevermore. You know, saints, there's coming a day that our loved ones will rise from the dead. We're going to see our loved ones, man. What a blessing. What a blessing. See, sometimes we forget, we forget the blessings that God has put out there for us looking at today's problems. Uh, I was doing my devotion uh, one day, and I read something that's so powerful. It says, those who understand the future have peace in the present. Those who understand the future have peace in their present. I love this. Look at this. We know this. Thessalonians, this is the rapture, rapture text. He said, but, uh, Paul said, but I will not have you be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not even as others which have no hope. Where we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so your loved ones who have died, even so them also which sleep or who have died in Christ will God bring with him. God's going to resurrect our loved ones, saints. I got a grandmother, grandfather, daddy. I'm looking forward to seeing again. Look at this. I love this. Psalm 49, verse 15. This time of resurrection. Look at this. Like sheep, they, uh, they, are, they are laid in the grave. Death shall feed on them, and the upright shall have dominion over them in the morning, and their beauty shall consume in the graves from their dwellings. But, I love but when it's, when it's connected to God. Look what it says. But God will redeem my soul from the power of the grave. For he shall receive me, Selah. Selah means, think about it for a while. Just muse on it. Here he said here that God's going to redeem him from the, from the power of the grave. Look at this next one, Matthew. I love this one. Boy, this is a good, this is a good resurrection one here. Because listen to this. Uh, uh, Jesus in, in uh, Matthew 8, 11 says, And I say unto you that many shall come from the east, and the west and shall sit down with who saints abraham who else isaac who else in what these men are going to be resurrected one day and in our future the bible said we will come from the east and the west and we're going to sit down with the patriarchs 
Man, I'm longing for the day when I can talk to Father Abraham. Hear me, saints. I'm going to talk to Isaac. I'm going to talk to Jacob. I'm going to talk to the prophet Daniel. I'm going to talk to the three Hebrew boys. I can't wait, man. It's going to be awesome. I'm going to talk to the prophet Zachariah. Zachariah, man, I use your, your prophecy so many times, teaching, teaching 21st century saints. Man, I cannot wait. God's going to resurrect the dead, and we're going to fellowship with the patriarchs of old. Yeah, the blessed dead. Look at this one. Job, I love this one. Job 19, 25, 26. Job said, for I know that my Redeemer liveth. And that he, Jesus, shall stand at the latter day upon the earth. And though after my skin worms destroy this body, Job says, yet in my flesh shall I see God. This, this man understood the resurrection from the dead. He said, that's coming today. Even though the dust is going to get my body and the worms going to eat me up for a season. But there's coming a day. This flesh will be resurrected, and I'm going to see God. Man, you're talking about a blessing, say. That, that's a blessing to me. Here's another blessing. We're blessed not to be appointed to the tribulation or the wrath of God. Romans 5, 8, 9, the Bible says we have not been, uh, we've been saved from the wrath through Jesus. Here's another wrath, uh, saved wrath verse. 1 Thessalonians 1, 10, Paul said, and to wait for his son from heaven, who he raised, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, which delivered, that's past tense, he's already delivered us from this thing that's coming, delivered us from the wrath to come. See, saints, that's, that's beautiful, beautiful verses. Here's another one, one of my favorites here. I'm watching the time. We're going to be blessed to eat of the tree of life. Adam and Eve could not eat of the tree of life because they were in sin in their body. God kicked them out of the garden on the east. You know something powerful to study? Why did God cast them out on the east? I'll just give one of the quick thing. This is, little, this is called lanyap. God cast Adam and Eve out on the east of the, of the Garden of Eden. He set a cherub there to block them. When God made the tabernacle, the actual tabernacle structure, he put the door back on the east. So man can come back into his presence the way he left God. Just that, just, that's just a little lanyap. Just drop a little lanyap on you. Bible says we're blessed to eat of the tree of life. I love this passage. Revelation 2, 7. Jesus said, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith in the churches. To him, will I, uh, he, to him that overcometh will I give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. We're going to eat of the tree of life, saints. One more verse here. Two more verses here. Of, on, on a tree of life. He said, and in the midst of the street, is Revelation 22, 2. And in the, midst of the, uh, in the midst of the street on either side uh, of it was a river, and uh, there was a tree of life which bare 12 manner fruits and yield of fruit every month. And the leaves of the trees were for the healing of the nations. The, uh, the leaves here are for the nations coming out of the millennium going into the eternal world. They're going to be healed when they eat of the tree of life. He said, verse uh, 14, blessed are they, blessed are they that, are, uh, that do his commandments, that they may have a right to eat of the tree of life and may enter in through the gates of the city. Saying, this is the blessings. We're going to eat of the tree of life. We're going to spend time with God. Here's another one. We're going to reign with Christ. Here Jesus says, he says to him, Jesus said, I will give him power over the nations. 
Here's another one. Matthew uh, 19, 20. He says, and Jesus said unto them, verily I say unto you, that ye which have followed me in the regeneration when the Son of Man is set on his throne in his glory, ye also shall sit upon 12 thrones judging the 12 tribes of Israel. I'll give you a few more. We're going to shut it down. I can give you a lot of things, but I'm going to give you a few more here just, just to look at this one. This is another one. This is amazing here. Here's a promise that Jesus promised every believer. He said, I will also give unto him a white stone and a new name written in. He said, if you overcome, this is in Revelation chapter 2, the letter to the churches. And this is an unusual gift or prophecy that Jesus is going to give us. I will give also unto him a white stone and a new name written on it. What's so significant about a white stone? Well, to understand, in the tabernacle, the high priest wore the, he wore the, the holy garments. He had a, a garment called the ephod. He wore the breastplate. And on the ephod, on both shoulders, they had a black stone. The black stone had, tw- uh, had six of the names of the tribes of Israel on one side and six of the tribes on the other side. Black stone here represented the sin of the nation of Israel. The high priest, he bore the sins of Israel on his shoulders. So their names were there in sin, but the high priest bore. Now, who's our high priest? The Bible said he's the great high priest. Well, the great high priest now going to give us a white stone with a new name in it. White always symbolizes righteousness. You overcome, he said, I'm going to give you a white stone with a brand new name. I cannot wait, saints, to find out what my new name is in eternity. Isn't that beautiful? A brand new name that, that our, our Savior is going to give us. Now, I'm going to give you one more here. Can you take one more? Let me give you two more. Let me give you two more. I got, I got to throw. I think this is one I want to show you here. Yeah, I want, I want to show you this, and then I'm going to give you one last one here. Jesus defeats the last enemy called death. You know something? Death is not going to win in the end. Jesus is going to win. 1 Corinthians 15, 24 through 26, Paul wrote, Then cometh the end, when he shall have delivered up the kingdom of God, even the Father, when he shall have put down all rule and authority and power. For he must reign till he have put all enemies under his foot, under his feet. The last enemy... That shall be destroyed is what, saints? Death. Death shall be destroyed. Look at this. Revelation 20, verse 14. Jesus said here, uh, he writing to, to uh, John, And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. So we're going to see our future there is going to be so awesome because, because Satan will be, I mean, death will, 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 will be out of it. Now, I'm going to give you the last one since I'm going to give you the last one. I like this one. I like this one. Look at this. I love love that picture, too. We are blessed, saints. Here's one of those blessings. We are blessed to be numbered with the great company of believers. There's coming a day, saints, where all of the saints, old and new, will come together. Let me read the text. Hebrews 12, verse 22, 23. The writer of Hebrews wrote, but ye are, ye are come unto Mount Zion, unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to an innumerable company of angels. Listen to this. To the general assembly 
and church of the firstborn, which are written in heaven, and to God, the, God, the judge of all, and to the spirits of just men made perfect. There's coming a day, saints, that we're all going to be together, never ever to die, never ever uh, to be separated from our loved ones. Uh, it's going to be awesome. Not only that, but we're going to meet we're going to meet people from generations old. You know, I believe this. I believe that I have people in my generations that were saved. I believe that. I, I believe my, my family there because my grandfather and, and back there, I mean, all of them, they went to church and stuff. I believe I have I have family members that are generations old that I've never met that I'm going to meet in eternity. My great, 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 great granddad. He said, you know, son, back in the day, I prayed for my seed. I prayed that my seed beyond me would live for God. Son, I'm so glad to see my seed. Saints, I believe that. I believe we're going to see loved ones from centuries old that were born again in our lineage. I believe that. I really do. And I'm longing for the day to see them and others in our future. So listen, saints. Bible prophecy is not all doom and gloom and all negative. There's a lot of positive that I didn't even touch in Bible prophecy. Don't be afraid of it. Don't be afraid. Don't let, don't let, don't let the devil tell you. Don't tell your family members because they're going to be afraid of it. You tell your family members. Let them know. You want to see them in eternity? Tell them. Let's bow our hearts. Father, we love you. Tonight, Lord, I thank you for your word. And Lord, I just pray tonight I've shared something to stir the hearts of your people. Oh, God, I ask tonight, give us a heart for the end times. Lord, give us, give us a desire to reach a lost generation that don't know you. Oh, God, stir in us a hunger and a heart for the word. Give us an appetite, oh, God, to, to understand your word. And before I close tonight, I must make this appeal. Tonight, if you, if you hear on the sound of my voice, you're not born again. I want to say to you, don't leave this place uh, it, it's no accident that you're here. Jesus died to give you life, and all you have to do is receive him as your Lord and Savior. Under the sound of my voice, while all heads are bowed, if you hear, you say, Brother Perkins, I'm not a Christian, but I want to be. I'm not a Christian, but I want to be a part of the blessings you talked about. If that's you, simply raise your hand, and we'll pray a wonderful prayer of salvation with you. Tonight, Jesus will give you life. He will bless your life. Is there anyone? I'm not a Christian, but tonight I want to be. I'm not saved, but I want Jesus. Listen, don't be afraid. Just raise your hand. Don't fight with the devil. Don't let the devil keep you out one more time. Just receive him. And tonight, Jesus will give you the peace you've been looking for. He will give you answers that you've been looking for. It's not in money. It's not in things. It's not in women. It's, women, it's not in stuff. It's Jesus, the peace that you're looking for. Is there anyone before I close this prayer? Is there anyone? Raise your hand. Well, Lord, tonight we're here with the family of God. And, Lord, I say bless your people tonight, we pray. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Isn't God good, saints? Thanks for listening and being a part of this week's podcast. Before you go, I'd like to invite you to visit our website, hopeforourtimes.com, and check out the many resources we have to offer. On our website, we have books, DVDs, and daily news articles that will always keep you up to date on the times we're living in. If you'd like to see the video version of this week's podcast, you can find us at Hope For Our Times on YouTube. God bless, and we'll talk to you next time.